Good day. Happy Labor Day Monday. Uh, I guess by the time I'm doing this, it's going to be Tuesday. I hope your weekend was great. I hope you got some rest and relaxation ahead of the craziness that is the fall. I know I'm not looking forward to the commute. Uh, where I'm from, we're a very heavy uh, university college town. Uh, traffic is about to get stupid. Uh, generally the, the first couple weeks are the worst and then it kind of, people start to learn where they're going, but it still sucks. Uh, so if you're not from a college town, just understand that some people are going to be going through it <laughs> and be happy. You're not one of them. Uh, it's, uh, it's a bit of a check-in episode this week. A lot has happened nationally and internationally and I think it's just a good time. I, I didn't have anything crazy topical, so it's it's a good time to kind of just check in and get our bearings. Uh, but since the whole episode's kind of just checking in, uh, I guess we just get right into it, I suppose. So, to no one's surprise, uh, we, we certainly have to t- talk on uh, the Saskatchewan stabbing spree. And I apologize in advance. I, I, I'm a little bit cold and, and malice in the face of tragedy anymore it's 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 super unfortunate i just want to be completely upfront and clear that it is unfortunate i don't mean to make light of anyone's suffering or or grief loss we we feel for these people and their families it it truly is the most unthinkable thing to happen but i am a little cold and we are going to have a real conversation that's probably too soon we're going to talk about the fact that we just touched on last episode, uh, self-defense in Canada. Uh, it's probably too soon. We still haven't found one of the, the assailants, I believe. Uh, they found one murdered, uh, whether it was at the hands of the other attacker, which was, I believe now we know it was a brother, or if one of the victims actually was able to land a defensive wound that, that kind of stuck whether it was a gunshot or a stab, we still don't have the details. All we know is, apparently as of now, one of the assailants is dead, and they do not believe it to be suicide. So as we know more, we'll, we'll kind of touch on that. Also, we have to talk about, uh, I guess, the pending civil war in the States. At least that's my kind of take on it. Uh, but nonetheless, we have to talk about that Nazi speech that Biden gave. And I mean, at this point... There's not a lot of middle ground. So we'll get all into that. Uh, Trudeau talking about vaccines again, pushing for 80-90% up-to-date vaccines, or else we might see restrictions again. Uh, You look at China and they have the scariest restrictions to date. Uh, I saw a clip, I woke up this morning, I had my coffee, and I was just catching up on things, and, and I see footage of drones flying through apartment complexes, instructing the occupants to not leave their rooms or they'll be arrested. Uh, and no, it was not from early, early pandemic 2020. It was fresh. It was, it was this month in China. So as the world spins, uh, I, I, I suppose it kind of just keeps burning. Uh, so yeah, where to start? Obviously Saskatchewan, the, the tragedy. So, as of last official reporting, it sounds like 10 have 10, 10 people have been murdered. Uh, another 15 or so are currently in hospital. Uh, one of the assailants is now dead, and the other is still at large. They, they believe 
they've they've kind of pinned him to Regina, but uh, they have no official lead yet necessarily. They're not on his tail. Uh, they just believe that he's kind of stuck in the boundaries of about Regina. Uh, and I'm sure they've got that city quite locked down. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, Trudeau wasted no time. And again, to give the devil his due, uh, it's, it's an unprecedented national emergency. I don't know the statistics, so I can't say the most deadly, but it's definitely one of the deadliest mass casualty events in Canadian history from a, from a somebody attacked people perspective. I know there's been accidents in Newfoundland, New Brunswick. Uh, there's been some, some casualty events in the past, but I think this is one of the largest attack casualties we've had. Um, potentially having the Quebec university worse, but again, I'm not, I'm not fact checking. It is 10 o'clock on a holiday Monday and I am coming off a great weekend. So we're just going to go with the fact that it is a huge event one of the worst attacks in Canadian history. And if history has shown us anything, Justin Trudeau is going to come out next week with Mendocino and they're going to announce that they're banning assault knives. Uh, yeah, I, again, I apologize from the start where it's, it's hard as a gun owner and advocate to not make these jokes. Cause again, it doesn't need to make sense just as long as it sounds like they're doing something. Uh, certainly, uh, like we say in jest that they're going to ban assault knives and, and knives will be banned because it's so stupid. They'll naturally never do it. But unfortunately that is closer to the conversation Justin Trudeau will have before he has any conversation. That's like, Hey, Canadians maybe in dire circumstances should legally have a right to defend themselves. I mean, you're, you're living in a community and again, like this attack seems to be isolated to a native reserve. So again, it could be a, a racialized attack. We simply don't know yet. Um, but if you have a community where all of a sudden there's been 25 people attacked with knives, you, f you think maybe after five, the warning might go up to the community, be like, hey, be on the lookout. Maybe grab your shotgun, lock your door and don't open it. If it gets opened... Close it with the shotgun. Um, but no, we won't have that conversation. In, in all practicality, Canada will not have that conversation, despite the absolute, hey, it could have helped here. Uh, licensed, gun, <laughs> licensed gun owners empowered to do the right thing, morally right, not legally right, because it's, again, established. It's not It's not legal. It never will be. Not, not here. Not under Trudeau's regime. Uh, but nonetheless... It's a conversation I think I think we should have. I think we're overdue to have that conversation. Just like I've said before, we were overdue to have the, the pro-life conversation, at least in the regards to changing some of the framework. I don't need to change self-defense laws on their head in Canada. I don't need to change abortion laws on their head in Canada. But it's time we kind of have a nuanced discussion that some gray area in the middle is, is kind of necessary. But here we are. Uh, I'm sure somehow they'll spin this. I, I believe I, I saw reports of a possible retaliatory attack happening. I, I haven't seen follow-up from it, but uh, I'm sure within the month, they're going to find a way to blame guns for this too. Uh, and maybe they'll introduce more legislation. 
keeping it uh, with Trudeau, but moving on because again, we just don't have the we don't have enough. We can't talk too much without getting our facts in in a row. But uh, keeping with Trudeau, I don't know. Some of you might have already heard the the clips circulating. I again, this is going like the China thing where I I thought, holy cow, this is from early 2020. It had to be because certainly nobody's this crazy now. Uh, but yeah, there's a there's a clip of Trudeau circulating. And uh, again, I had to check it. It is recent where he's talking about people getting up to date on their vaccines and, and maybe we won't need the restrictions that, quote, nobody liked and everybody struggled with. Um, so again, like, do you want to talk abuse victim? Like, if you just do as I say, I won't do the bad thing. And it's like, we are so past this. Like, I, I pray collectively, we are all past this. We are past the the friggin' benevolent leader shaking a stick, lest you comply. As long as you just listen, we won't smack you with the stick. And it's like, you might, I mean, no, not might. You absolutely got away with it for two years. I just hope to God we're, we're past this socially, collectively, um, and again, just overnight, they, uh, they changed the definition of fully vaccinated or co- they've changed the wording. Now it's, it's up to date, uh, because fully is not on the table anymore. There is no fully vaccinated. You never will be. Uh, if you listen to the, uh, one health minister, uh, blanking on his name, Jacques or Jean something. Anyway, he, he had a sound bit last week where he said, vaccines are like batteries, like a cell phone battery. You need to recharge it every so often. Uh, and they're floating the idea that every three months you need a shot now to stay, quote, up to date. I'm sorry, but if you have a medical product that only lasts three months, like we're talking the same refill rate as a friggin' amoxicillin prescription. Like, okay, at some point you have to just accept that it's not doing what you said it would and just giving you more and more and more is not going to achieve the goal you promised you'd, you'd succeed at. Uh, there is no winning on that trajectory. It's, there's a matter of time where you accept your loss. Uh, I don't know how long the government will keep doing it. I don't know how long the medical and scientific establishments will go along with it. Because uh, don't get me wrong, anyone who thinks like me, surely just as upset that it's gotten this far. And, and it has gotten this far. And I think from a, a pure medical scientific perspective, it should never have gotten this far. Clearly there's, there's capture going on in these organizations and these systems. But again, that, that capture, that, that goodwill, it does run out. It absolutely runs out. And I think we're getting closer to that point. Uh, you've got more pseudo middle ground people that are kind of like, whoa, like this, can't, we got to slow down. We can't, we can't keep doing this. And I put Dr. Moore in the same spot in Ontario. And don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not praising the man. I think he's done a terrible job. And I think he's effectively been a, a mouthpiece for political powers. That being said, we have seen him apparently find his line too far and he's he's comfortable now speaking publicly about hey no you have to balance your risk benefit ratio if you're a student uh juxtapose that to now western university going full bore on third dose mandates it's kind of 
crazy to think that the chief medical officer for the province says, no, kids should balance it because there are some risks, however small they might be. Uh, and then you've got benevolent organizations like Western that will just, no, we're going to do what we want and we don't care if it harms people. Uh, even if it hurts one person, if you do that consciously, you're evil. But nonetheless, I digress. Uh, I do think at some point you're going to use up whatever will, whatever capture that you have. And where we're at when that happens, I don't know. Uh, I just pray and hope that it happens soon. And really, my, my benchmark, and I've said from the start, we need to get through one genuine flu season without them going crazy uh, and without the population begging them to go crazy. Uh, both parts equally important. Uh, unfortunately, there are too many people that are, that genuinely like, please keep me safe, thinking that the government can do even remotely close to that. Um, and I, I, again, I, I think back to Saskatchewan and, and it's a pop, people thought the government will keep them safe. And it goes back to my last episode too. Have it, be prepared to feed yourself, be prepared to honestly defend yourself if you have to. Uh, if I was in that community, I, I, I'd struggle. I would be behind my door locked and I probably would not be storing my firearms legally. Uh, that is a battle I'd, I'd have to fight legally if I was ever unfortunately in that situation. Um, but the moral of that is the government is not going to keep you safe. It's not going to keep you safe in a pandemic. It's not going to keep you safe during a mass casualty event, uh, the best the government's going to do is kind of try and pick up the pieces after. Uh, we see that with the pandemic. We see that with with any amount of crime. Uh, and in some situations, they'll make the crime worse. Uh, a catch and release has become the norm in Ontario. But, and, and again, you want to talk about, oh, they they did the best they could. Let's, let's steal, man, government handling pandemics for a minute. And it's like, we have all the data. We've known for a long time that isolating children causes harm. We understand that keeping them away from school causes year over year harm. Like this is, this is a harm we're not even going to fully realize for another decade. Um, nonetheless, we knew going into it, the damage it would do. Uh, economically, you knew the damage that was going to happen by doing what they did. Um, so even if, even if you want to be the most generous and you want to steel man the government's position, and I try to, I try to approach arguments from the middle, take into account both sides and, and give them the benefit of the doubt, steel man them. But I, no way that I cut it. Can I steel man them into an explanation or, or can I steel man them into a a morally defensible position. Uh, simply, they did a calculated risk of, of trade-offs and they decided, yeah, we'd rather hurt these people than these people. Um, but they did it knowing they were hurting people. Uh, and truthfully, like hindsight's twenty twenty, their math was way wrong. They did horrible calculations and they chose wrong, which is, you go back to the whole, the theory, if you're, if you're controlling the switch to a train, Left track has four people tied to it. Right track has four people tied to it. One track has the one track, the four are 80. The other track, they're teenagers. What switch do you flip? Well, morally, you don't flip a switch. You Because the minute you get involved, you are on the hook. You participated in the death of people. It is one thing to be a 
a silent observer, and that's got its own problems. But the minute you get your hand on that switch, it, it becomes a absolute moral catastrophe. Uh, as much as not doing anything also, but when, when you're choosing who lives and dies, it's, you're not the good person ever, literally ever. If you're choosing who lives and dies, uh, the only defensible one you could make is, yeah, well, we're going to do cost of life. So four 80 year olds on average, say they've got 10 years left each. That's 40 years lost for 20 year olds. They've got 60 years, 70 years each. You could, but again, in a split second scenario, it doesn't like, just don't touch the switch, especially not the government when they're touching, touching the switch for you, but they won't keep you safe. They don't care to, they never have. Nonetheless, people literally every day they beg for it. I, I see more masks every day. Uh, and again, I, I struggle. I got to like keep myself in check because it's like in today's day and age, generally speaking, outside of personal serious risks. Um, but on average, if you, if somebody's wearing a mask instantly, I, my skin kind of just crawls and I have to really check myself because I shouldn't react that way. I do advocate everyone has full capacity to make their own choices simply as long as they don't push it on others. And that applies to people choosing masks. Like it, they're fully free to do that. Uh, however, we live in a time where it's like, and I could be wrong. I could look at these people and they could just want to do it for themselves. But part of me is like, no, you identify with the same group that would happily see me lose my job. And it's not right. It's not, not even remotely fair. But the sad part is it's probably about 50-50 accurate. But nonetheless, despite people wanting more restrictions, uh, I think the fall will really tell we'll see how it all plays out. There's substantial court challenges coming up. Uh, and unfortunately in Canada, it takes two years to see these challenges work through. Um, but nonetheless, I hope we are in a time, legally speaking, where we can kind of kibosh this nonsense so that further generations will never have to deal with this. Um, I think it's very important to set the precedent what a government can and can't do in quote, emergency situations. Uh, and then further, what defines an emergency? How long is an emergency? Uh, because I think a government should be allowed to do certain things in a knee jerk reaction. If you've got China amassing warships off this coast of Vancouver, I think you should have some bilateral right to, to kind of do what you need to, to get it done. But three years later, can you still use that justification whether you've dealt with the problem or not three years later? Uh, so we'll see as far as Trudeau goes, I think we're in his, his death spiral at this point. Uh, actually that just reminds me, I totally forgot the time. Uh, next week we will have a conservative leadership elected. Uh, I believe the 10th, which is today's the fifth. So next weekend we should know who is going to wear that crown. Uh, certainly I'm not holding my breath. I expect it to be Polyev. Um, we'll see how that works out after, uh, after he gets his bearings and names his cabinet. Uh, like I said, I hope Leslie Lewis and Roman Baber end up in that cabinet, though 
Leslin Lewis, to her credit, threw a little shade his way in the Peterson podcast. So we'll see if if he holds animosity or a grudge to her. Um, no fault to her. I, I've said it in the past when I criticized her for running previously. Uh, she needs more teeth. Uh, it seems she's taken that lesson and and found some. Uh, she's she's playing with the big dogs now. Uh, despite my reverence for her, I do believe she's the best opportunity we have to see a female, also black, uh, prime minister. I think I think her time will come when it's ready. I don't think now is that time. So we'll see. We should expect uh, Polyev to be elected, and then we'll see how the climate changes, uh, both in regards to the NDP, see how they, cause I, I do, they're, uh, they're a hungry dog in the sense that they'll kind of go to whoever's probably going to feed them. Uh, and I don't necessarily fault them for that. I, I more so fault Jagoff Singh. Um, I fault him more for not getting something out of it. Uh, when he, you see him get into bed with Trudeau, it's like, I kind of expect that of you. And I, I expect that from any minority party trying to stay afloat. Um, but at least get something out of it. It's, it's kind of weird to watch you kind of lay at the feet of the liberal party and not even get your bone. So we'll see. I, I think, I think if they can see the writing on the wall, they will likely shift to align more conservative so they can kind of push through some of their agenda under a conservative minority or majority. Uh, they will likely be the bellwether call. I expect, um, even if it's not public and then we'll see how Trudeau, if, if he digs his heels in or he tries to pander to the middle, which would be a net benefit, truthfully, uh, anything to slow this radical left agenda. But we'll see how it all goes. We'll see how the Conservative Party kind of frame it. We'll see how the media all of a sudden absolutely turn on the Conservative Party and Polyev. Uh, I expect probably by next Monday, they'll likely be hit pieces on ultra-nationalist, white supremacist, Pierre Polyev leading the Conservatives. Uh, again, though, we could see them circle the wagons much like I expect the NDP to. Uh, when you don't want to bite the hand that will likely be feeding you for the next four, eight, ten years. So we'll see what comes of that. Uh, again, that's that'll be some good refreshing news, especially because most people are done with the mandates. And if the liberals try to bring more mandates in, that could be, it could be the tipping point. It could be where the NDP get off and say, hey, we're not going to prop you up anymore. This is a confidence vote. And then we could have another federal election, just like that. Shifting gears, though, we're uh, move into the states before we wrap up for the night. Uh, <laughs> I struggle so much with uh, with dealing with this, so I can't tell if. And first off, I'm I'm clearly talking about uh, Joe Biden's crazy press conference he had the other day, uh, the one that kind of blew again everything. That, I don't know whether I can attribute malice or, or just ignorance. Like, I don't know if somebody's just that stupid. I really struggle to think somebody's capable of being that stupid on accident. Um, yeah, I, I'd love to think that they're just that dumb, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know why anyone would choose 
to frame a speech from Biden like that. The only person I can think of to actually frame that that way would absolutely just be Kamala Harris. The only one who stands to benefit at all is either the Republicans or Kamala Harris. Um, but no, like you had a dictator making a speech that sounds like a dictator in the framing and the visualness of straight up fascist authoritarian wet dreams. <laughs> Like, you know, it's bad when even Sam Harris has to admit that that was bad. Even then, he had to get a jab in at Trump. But, like, you've got the most left Biden sycophants are even saying, oh, that was, that was a bit of a gaffe. And, of course, if Trump did it, it would simply be, this is his true character. Um, but, like, and the things, like, as soon as I heard that speech and, and the clips and the, and the pictures from it, I text my buddy and I'm just like, they're going to arrest Trump. Like I gen and I'm, I'll say it now. I, I hope to be wrong. Cause I genuinely believe, uh, that would be the, the Rubicon moment crossing the Rubicon. I think that would be the moment you set off a civil war physically. I, I've kind of mulled it over for the last little bit. And I, I struggle to, to falsify the idea that I think, I think the states are already in a civil war. Uh, it's it's like a cold civil war. It's cultural. It's it's political. There's no actual hot violence yet, but I think they're in a civil war. And I think I think we're kind of in this this in between phase before things actually pop off. And the question would then be: Is what what's going to be the the ignition point? What's going to set it off? And I saw this speech and I listened to it and he's, he's basically declaring war on anyone who will not like call out and, and ostracize themselves from Trump. So if you're a Republican and like you're Liz Cheney, okay, you're, you're one of us. You're okay. You're good with democracy. But if you support Trump, he's basically declaring war on you. This is kind of how I took it. And again, when it comes to something like that and you've got millions of people taking this information in millions of American citizens hearing this. And it, it really doesn't matter what you intended, how you thought it would land. But if, if you have a, a large majority of people who take it that way, or, or you leave it ambiguous enough that they can perceive it that way, you've got a huge problem on your hands. What, and, and see, I'm not so stupid to think that it was on accident. I don't, I don't think you leave it that vague or that open to interpretation to that extreme by accident. I, I truly think at this point, they're kind of drooling at the idea of having another January 6th. They want a flashpoint, but the question is, I think what lengths are they willing to do to, to create it? Uh, also speaking of Biden on this totalitarian authoritarian kick, like the guy is straight up, whether he actually meets the level or not, I, I can't, I think he does, but I can't say just based on like how like handcuffed he is by the structure that kind of keeps him in check, but he tries so hard. Uh, you got information out today from the affidavit on Trump. Uh, as soon as he took office, Biden was, was executing on the warrants that eventually got served on Trump at Mar-a-Lago. So much so that 
the the affidavits were initiated by, and I quote, the incumbent president. It was initiated before he was even sworn in. Uh, just to show you how despotic and how, like, how... And again, not to steal Trump's words, but there, there truly is a deep state. You see people with political bias in these institutions, uh, bureau, bureaucratic agents, like you've got FBI long timers, you've got CIA lifers, people that kind of are the system, but are supposed to be outside of it. And they have this, this vicious political bias that they're willing to cloud their judgment with and remove any hope of impartiality uh, or common sense. Like seriously, we're going to raid the, the house of the last pre president. Uh, we're going to raid his 16 year old son's room. Uh, and then what you're hoping to find something embarrassing. You can kind of blackmail him with like, what are you, what are your hopes here? Uh, these are the same agencies, FBI, CIA that literally suppressed and turned the other cheek. When you have, child porn on, on the current president's computers. So the selective outrage is just insane. The selective prosecution is insane. The double standards are just, and it's fine. Like I'm saying this as somebody who's largely neutral. I, I, I prefer Trump to Biden, but I think both of them should probably just step down. I think, I think Trump did considerably better than Biden. Uh, I don't, I don't think either of them should be running at this point. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not necessarily party or directionally favored in that sense, but it's like, you can't, you can't not see the double standard when you've got one president whose family has, as far as we're concerned publicly, they're immaculate. There's nothing, there's really nothing you can say against his family. Uh, you can say tons about him. He's, he's rude. He's crass. He says terrible things. He disrespects women on occasion, or at least on the bus with Billy Bush. Um, but nonetheless, like that's, that's him. We can say all the same things about Biden. We can say he's senile. You can say he's, he's completely out to lunch. Like grandpa needs medication and pudding. Uh, going further back into his past, you can say he's had questionable encounters with children on video. This isn't subjective. This isn't my theory. It's, it's plain as day on video where he's gotten inappropriately close with children and they've been uncomfortable. You don't need to be part of the Republican party to see that. Uh, then you zoom out. Okay. Bring in the second, second circle of influence, his children, his, his family. You've got Donald Trump's family. You can't really say much against them. And Donald Trump's ex has nothing bad to say about him. Uh, I think the closest thing to a family member that's got anything bad to say about Trump is, I think, a niece. A niece or a cousin, I think, wrote a book. Uh, nonetheless, whatever. Um, you go to Biden's side, and you've got his daughter, Ashley, writing about how dad used to shower with me, and I think it was inappropriate. I was hypersexual from a very young age. A diary from his daughter that was quote-unquote stolen, and they've now charged the people that stole it. But nobody thought to even say, hey, you stole it, but is this stuff accurate? Uh, is this stuff even remotely true? Because if it is, it's a big problem. And it, it indicts the sitting president 
for what we as a, a, a global nation should consider to be one of the highest crimes in my mind. Uh, really, I, there's not many crimes I put above hurting a child. That's it's about the top of the ladder. And then you look at his son, who's got a habitual drug problem, who's got a sex addiction problem, who has absolutely no morals. Like, I, there's there's nothing I can say to kind of frame just how depraved of a human Hunter Biden is. Uh, I mean, your brother dies at war, and you immediately start hooking up with his wife, and then there's questionable interactions with her daughter, not to mention the other family members, the other, the prostitutes, the it's just, I don't understand how we got to the place where first off, we just ignore this. Second off, we see the political apparatus attack the guy that isn't so blatantly problematic. Third off that these are our only two options. Again, every day I'll pick Trump over Biden, but seriously, they need better options altogether. Like this is not, you're not helping anyone. And the Republican party, honestly, it's like low hanging fruit at this point. Just pick a rock solid candidate. That's not Biden and not Trump. You guys will walk it for the next two decades. You put DeSantis in there. And then you, after that, you put like Alan West or Candace Owens. Like seriously, you guys can walk it and walk it and walk it. But no, we're going to keep the, the division. We're going to keep the, the oil and fire. And we're just going to, or sorry, oil and water. Where there's just no middle ground. Um, but <laughs> that's not the problem at hand. The problem at hand is you've got a, you got a president that's kind of looking a lot like Hitler. That's kind of looking a little, a little like Soviet Russia. And the fact somebody can say that honestly and not be out to lunch, that's, that's a bigger problem. I don't know. I genuinely think that at this point, acceleration might be the only option. Uh, perhaps the only way out of it is through it. I don't know, but it looks, it looks sketchy as hell. And I don't like what's coming. I, I think you pair all of this nonsense with, with the warnings people are giving for, for the fall, the winter and what's to come. Uh, you look at Europe and the energy crisis is, is real. Uh, you look at California and they're telling people not to plug in their hybrids because they don't have the power. Uh, I, th I think we are on a crash course for fun times. Like I said, get ready to take care of yourself if you have to, because there's a, a growing chance that you may have to. Um, gee, I think the biggest lesson anyone would be stupid not to have learned by now is that no one's taking care of you. When shit hits the fan... Nobody's going to be there for you. You could be somebody in London who collapsed a couple weeks ago and needed an ambulance. Guess what? They're not coming for you. They're two towns over. There's the closest ambulance. They're not coming for you. And, and we're seeing it on small scales now, but it's going to get bigger. Uh, I don't see, I don't see a, a situation where this problem gets fixed overnight. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. I do think it will get better, but first it's going to get worse. Uh, so, so don't catch yourself with your pants down. Uh, be there for yourself. Set systems up to take care of yourself because I don't know what's coming. It could be one of 16 possible fronts. We could go to war with China. We could go to war with Russia. We could have civil war in the States. Uh, 
We could have dictators just take over. Uh, we could have an attempt at one world order with the WEF. I literally don't know which attack is going to happen. I don't know which avenue is going to get first dibs, but I know there's too many on the table to ignore it. Uh, <laughs> at this point, I don't see a, a path that is roses, daisies, and smooth sailing for some time. Uh, certainly we'll get there, but I, I it's going to be a, a bit. It's going to be a bit. So on that note, <laughs> on, that, on that peachy topic, uh, I think that's pretty much where we're going to wrap today. Uh, so for anyone out there, stock up on your knives before they ban them. Uh, like I said, familiarize yourself with weapons. Get your gun license. If you never need to use it, so be it. But get it. Learn how to handle one so you're not completely helpless. Uh, be it for hunting or sport or whatever. Uh, it's just a really good mindset and, and a, and a skill set to have in the toolbox. And hopefully you never need it. That's the best I can say. Um, but as always, pay the fee. If today's rant was great, pass it on to a friend. Tell, tell a co-worker. And uh, yeah, till next week. I, I will definitely record one next weekend for the conservative results um but yeah till next week uh as always stay free everyone and take care of yourselves Fly away with me.